Welcome back to another episode of the Coach Dad Podcast. We've been away for a little bit after uh, my my wife and I added another baby to the family, but we are back in action. Today we're pumped to get to uh, interview and talk with Spence Shelton. He is the pastor at Mercy Church in Charlotte, which is where my family, this is Petey, uh, where we go to church and we're pumped to have him on today. Absolutely. And uh, happy belated Father's Day to all the dads out there. Uh, hope, hope you guys had a good one spending time with your, with your kids. So Spence, man, uh, we just talked briefly, just get to know you a little bit, man, but uh, would love to hear your background on, on your relationship with your dad growing up. What was that like? Yeah, man, I, uh, thanks for thanks for doing this, guys. I won't belabor it, but I'm, uh, it's a worthy task you guys are after, and I'm glad to be on here and talk about it. Um, grew up, I'm the oldest of three boys. And my dad, man, was very present. He was, and this was tough for him to do because he was an accountant, CPA, which means, I mean, every year from January to April 15th, that dude's pulling 80 hour weeks. But even if he's pulling 80 hour weeks, um, he's still figuring out how to get to our baseball games all spring, you know what I mean? Or soccer games or whatever we were doing, he was breaking away to go and do it. Um, worked really hard. So he's still around. He and mom did, I think, just a really admirable job. One of the big things, we can talk more on it whenever. He taught me a work ethic. I think partly watching him um, do that for all those years, but just uh, really instilled in me a drive. I'm a firstborn too, so that's a little bit of that drive. But man, he instilled that. You work hard, right? Um, And that's the only way that you work. You don't have do anything, right? <laughs> just say it like that, right? Um, and I learned that from a really young age, and I'm really grateful, grateful for him, and love him. We're still uh, have really a good relationship. So that's awesome, man. Where, where were you born? Born and raised in North Carolina, so Greensboro, North Carolina, kind of the middle of the state. I tried a couple of times to get out. Um, <laughs> college it was either going to be UCLA, NYU, or UNC Chapel Hill, and Dad was like. UNC Chapel Hill is in-state tuition, buddy. That's where you're headed. Numbers man. Yeah, that's right. He's a numbers man. That's where I'm going. So you're a Tar Heel. So I'm a Tar Heel, man, All through right. and through. And so that's where I've been. Uh, went to the Triangle for school, went to Chapel Hill, and then we ended up staying there. Uh, worked a job in sales management for a while in Chapel Hill, and then the Lord called me into ministry, which I was the first guy ever in my family, like as far back as you want to go. Uh, that's ever been in ministry. And uh, my family's still a little bit like, doesn't know what to do with that. But um, but they were supportive of it and everything. So I was in ministry there in Raleigh-Durham as a pastor while doing my seminary training, and then was sent by our church to start Mercy Church in Charlotte in 2015. That's awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. And, ha- and Mercy has been a church since 2015? 2015. September 13, 2015, we planted over in Matthews, a little suburb of Charlotte, and then moved um, more to the true, like, South Charlotte Corridor uh, in 2018, a church December. Uh, Christmas Eve 2018 is when we opened um, here at where we're um, recording this out of, which we opened in a church that gave us their building here on Providence Road and then joined our membership, which was a really 
just really cool moment in the story of Mercy Church for sure. That's sweet. Um, when did you, how long have you been married? Been married for 19 years in about three weeks. We'll celebrate 19 years. Cool. Yeah, yeah, man. And how many kids do you have? We have, Courtney and I have four kids. Okay. So we got two boys who are 14 and 13. Y'all, I'm telling you, most of my humor never graduated middle school. <laughs> and so this is like the golden years for me right now in some ways, right? Just having a lot of fun. And then my two girls are 11 and nine. And like I said, I only had brothers. So having daughters with like no background of like a sister or something like that, whoo, that has been a learning curve for me as a dad. I can relate. I'm one of four boys. I've got two boys. And when we had our girl, I'm just like, oh my God. Yeah, well, <laughs> what do I do? Uncharted waters. That's right. We're figuring it out. Making progress. That's sweet. And what's, uh, what's it been like having two boys and two girls? What's that been like for you kind of partnering with your wife and raising young men and young women, trying to do that alongside with her and the Lord? Yeah, man. Well, the biggest thing has been is humbling. Right. So we it's beautiful and how unified we need to be. You know, you and your wife, at least me and mine, never bat a thousand in terms of being unified. We'll sometimes be like, ah, maybe we do. You know how it is. But man, basically, I know boys having been one growing up and having brothers and she knows girls and I have to lean so much. The only the biggest thing that will get in the way of successful parenting is pride. Right, just assuming that I know best. And so I don't seek the Lord. I don't seek my wife. And I just kind of say, I know what it is. And what will happen in those moments is I'll revert back probably to something that I saw my dad do, whether I realize it or not, and usually get me into trouble that I got to go back and apologize a little bit for. So humility is not easy. It's just not. But that's the thing that's probably I found so important. And parenting is the ability to say, Man, I don't really know right here. I need to ask. I need to pray. I need to consult my wife, like genuinely, not just so that I can say that I did, but in genuine, like, we got to figure this out together. And for me, that's especially come out in raising our girls. Because there, I really am the just, I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm like, Lord, you got to help me. I got to search the scriptures. Spirit, you gotta, you've got to guide me. And Courtney, what am I supposed to make of this? You know, because I know what a godly woman is according to scripture. And I know what a godly woman is according as I look at my wife. But that's a difference between it took time for her to grow into being a godly woman. Right. Like there's here we have these young girls. I'm going, all right, well, how do we get there? I don't know that process. So every day I'm learning. Right. And I have to tell our girls that you're the first girls that I've raised. (laughs) Like We're learning this together. I'm sure your kids I'll do a better job with as a grandparent, but we're learning together. So humility is just the ability to say, I'm sorry. The ability to say, I don't know. And the intentionality to go figure out whether, you know, from the Lord, from the scriptures, from others, um, man, that's good. That's probably been my biggest lesson. I would say. That's pretty cool. I was listening to someone yesterday talking about, uh, how his, one thing he's tried to do with his daughters is be really honest all the time. Mm. But I think that that comes from a place of humility yep. because he's like, now it's, I think from a modeling perspective, if I'm really honest with them, when I mess up, 
it gives them a platform to be really honest with me That's right. when they mess up and come to me. And it's like, if you are express that humility to them, yeah. then it's like, okay, I, my dad's going to be okay when I come that's to right. him. And yeah, like, that's pretty cool. I feel that man for sure. I mean, I feel this burden of, I want them to see a godly man in their dad because that's going to help them. Not only partly it's because I'm the one that's supposed to be kind of standing in the place of God, the father representing God, the father to them. And so they need to see the love of God through me. And so I feel that burden. I feel the burden of man. I want them to see what a godly man looks like. So they know what they're looking for when they reach the age where they're looking for a husband one day. And in both of those, that could become a mantle that just will crush you. Mm-hmm. I think they are responsibilities given to dads. But it could become a mantle that will crush you if you think that the that you are the primary one that will shape your daughters, as opposed to the Lord is the one who will shape your daughters, and he will use you if you will yield to him. And that is like a daily, Lord, help me. <laughs> you know what I mean? It comes out, no, Lord, but a genuine, all right, Lord, I know the mantle you've given me, and I'm not going to shrink away from that. Because some guys will hear the gospel of grace as they should hear the gospel of grace, but then they'll say, well, you know, whatever God does, God does. And kind of abdicate responsibility because honestly, it's hard. We can't abdicate responsibility, but at the same time, we are not the ones that shape and mold our daughter's hearts. It's the Lord and he uses us. And we just want to be really good tools to be used. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or if that makes sense. So do you um, often take your daughters on like dates to exemplify like, Hey, this is, this is, what a true man looks like. This is what you should be looking for in a man as you get older, even at an early age, even at, you know, eight, nine years old. Or... Yeah, that's a good question. We do some of it. We don't do a lot of the one-off. We've got four kids. They're all pretty close in age. We try hard to do those one-on-one. So I try hard to take took my daughter on a walk um, just yesterday morning. We're having a conversation. Any one-on-one time when you got four that are all that close in age is like super valuable. So we'll go out, we'll get donuts together one-on-one, something like that. You know, we may not have, we don't do a lot of the, Hey, I'm going to take you out on a full on date. I think that's coming for us in the next two to three years based on age and everything we will do. We schedule out um, intentional trips though, that are one-on-one. So those don't happen every week. You know, they happen at the beginning of elementary school, at the beginning of middle school, beginning of high school and then before they go to college obviously we haven't had one of those yet but those are like they go from overnight so my daughter and my wife are getting ready to go on an overnight um, next week from the time of this recording next week and it'll be a, a overnight and they've got a series of conversations that they have to have. i've done it with my two boys and in fact i'm about to do another one with my oldest because he's about to go into high school um and we've got a different set of conversations that we're going to have So what we're doing there is trying to build in some intentionality that says there's some big conversations that are happening because a big change in your life is happening. And we're marking it by school transitions because in our culture day and age, they feel a transition. You know what I mean? So the kids feeling like something new is happening here and we're marking that and saying, you're right, you're growing up. And as you hit this mile marker, we're going to take some time away and we're going to have conversations on the big things. We're going to talk about your, we're going to talk about uh, puberty. That's a huge one when you're going into middle school. Like we're about to talk about this, right? Um, And we're going to talk about um, who we see. Like I remember our conversation for me and the boys and what Courtney will have going into middle school is, 
hey, this is who I see God making you into right now. And I want to encourage you that you, as ones who have placed their faith in Christ, you do not have the JV Holy Spirit. You get the full-fledged Holy Spirit of God in you, shaping you into, uh, for the boys, this young man, for the girls, this young woman. And I see specifically these giftings showing up in you. And I want to encourage you to use them. However, God, I don't think we need to wait until they're grown-ups to tell them that. Right. Go ahead and start fanning that flame as early as we can. So while we, while the one-on-ones are sometimes a little more uh, usually spur of the moment, you're always surprised. A lot of times it's in the car mm. when a big conversation unfolds. And I don't know why that is, but uh, man, so many good conversations in the car. So it may not be once a week or every other week we're going to go out to dinner, but we're going to have those intentional conversations. And sometimes we'll have big conversations in unplanned moments as well. Mm. I think that's pretty cool. I know uh, I've heard Matt Chandler talk about how some of his best conversations with his kids come when he's chucking chicken nuggets into the backseat on the yes. way to practice. Yes. And it's like, you know, you could be doing anything, but if you're choosing to right. have that conversation, like in the time you have with your that's kids, right. that becomes an intentional moment. That's right. Like, that's pretty cool. If I'm praying, Lord, give me, this is my prayer in the morning. Um, honestly, first um, Samuel three ten. speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Right. That's a prayer for my parenting too. Because I want to catch when that moment is happening Mm. in the car, like that I think might be a little moment, but a question pops up. And if I just dig on that a little bit, hey, what do you mean? Hey, what are you what are you asking there? Man, you might find yourself in a wonderful conversation about how how do you know that God is real? How can I trust when we pray that somebody's on the other end of the line? All you got to do is pry a little bit. But I, so I'm praying in the morning. Again, it goes back to the humility thing. Lord, I need you to show me when I'm in a moment versus when I thought I was in a moment, but it really wasn't one. Yeah. You know, we've had those all the time. Like, they'll ask a question and I'll think, oh, man. Here we go, it's, baby. It's, it's time. <laughs> it's real. And I'm ready. And they're like, you're three seconds into your answer. And they are totally detached. <laughs> they're out. They're looking out the window, throwing the chicken nugget out the window, you know, whatever yeah. it is. And you're like, no, that wasn't the moment. But, you know, they are coming, and we never know exactly when. That's cool. I know before we were before we were recording, we were talking a little bit about the transition from, like, Mike and I, his oldest kid's seven or eight, 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 eight. and my oldest kid's four. Um, and so we're kind of still in that, like, younger kid phase, yeah. sleepless nights. We, oh, yeah. Like, he's got a two-year-old, I, and my youngest is 12 weeks, so – like there's nights where we're not sleeping, but you're kind of in, you've moved into this other phase where you're raising young men and young women mm-hmm. and really guiding them into that next phase of life. What's that transition been like? How does parenting look different now than it did eight years ago for you? That's a great question. It's, uh, the transition's really fast. Um, and it's okay that you, you see it coming, but it's okay that you find yourself going, whoa, we're here. We're here now. Um, I even had another version of it the other night. My son was like, I think he'd be okay with me saying, he's like, hey, dad, I need to shave before I go to camp. Hmm. And I was like, you need to. And then I looked at him. And I was like, oh, you do need to shave. <laughs> <laughs> at first I thought, was he like playing some game? And then I'm like, no, my man has gone through puberty and he does need to shave. Um, I couldn't believe it. And so here I am in the bathroom teaching my son how to shave. I was like. 
I've been thinking about this moment since the day he was born, <laughs> you know, cool. in some way or another. And then it was just there on a like Saturday morning or Friday night, whatever it was. And I was like, whoa, here we are. So that's why I say like, in some ways that transition was just like a blink of an eye, man. Um, but it's, I mean, it's also, uh, you know, I'm pretty sure like where you guys are at right now, for me, that was 2008 to about 2013. And I'm like, I know those years happened, <laughs> but I don't know what happened in those years, but we're still alive. Our kids are still alive and we're grateful <laughs> for I mean, We're grateful for it. Um, but some of the big transition is going from what you're doing right now, which is a lot of repetitive with young kids. Yeah. It's repetitive, consistent discipline to try and help them see that mom and dad are consistent because the Lord is consistent and mom and dad are representing the Lord and they're consistent and they've created boundaries for me that are for my good. Even then I'm going to keep testing them, right? That's what they're, the young ones are going to do. They're keep testing those boundaries and then that starts to shift to, it's like a just as they get more complex in their character, you're now trying to coach up a more complex human being. And you're having conversations about things like, man, listen, I need to tell you that when we talk about the devil, we talk about the enemy, he's real and he really is after you. And I want to show you some ways that I see in your character that you might be vulnerable and you don't realize it right now. And so we're talking about pride and Mm -hmm. sin. And then we're talking about, man, where we see, like I was saying earlier, where we see God working in you and we see just real gifting. That's a whole lot more complex than um, it's actually easier in terms of I sleep most nights, right? So physically not as exhausting, but mentally and emotionally, very challenging um, because you can't, you're going to get to a spot where I can't just like, like my son's my height. I can't pick him up, set him in the corner. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like he ain't working no more. You know? so, Throw you over the shoulder, Exactly. Boy. So I still, you know, still got to body check him every now and then because he thinks, <laughs> you know, he's one of these young bucks. Both of them are. He's that dad strength. That's exactly right. So you, you may be my height, but you ain't got it yet, bud. But yeah, that's a big difference is just the, um, the mental and emotional energy that the need to be unified with my wife on decisions we're making in parenting because um, they're getting smarter and they can try and test the unity between you two, you know, just in their own ways. Um, and again, humility, I got to be able to say, I'm sorry to my kids when I mess up because they're watching now more than mm-hmm. ever. And they want to be able to trust you. And if you never do anything wrong, they're going to start seeing through it at mm-hmm. this age. So being able to apologize Show them what I was hoping to do. Everything else very different. I found Ecclesiastes, and I'm talking a little bit long, but no, you're good. I found Ecclesiastes to be a real helpful book for me right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I just turned 40, and in turning four, I turned 40 while I was on a sabbatical. And there's a spot in Ecclesiastes that said it's good for a man to pause and enjoy the fruits of his labor. And I felt for me in that, in reading that while I was up on a mountain. Every guy's different, but. I feel like I meet with the Lord on the mountain better than anywhere else. And man, while sitting there out in the wilderness, just reading that on my birthday, what 40th birthday, what I realized was a season has come and gone for me. And it was the season of parenting young children. And now it's parenting teenagers and moving into young adults. So my admonition would be at some point you need to have that moment. I think the Lord in his kindness showed me that I was in the moment 
versus me planning it. But you need to recognize that it's not just that the kids are growing, like you are changing in your role and you need to embrace the next step instead of just longing. I still long for the day. Those two-year-old days, man, they do some stuff that is hilarious. It's fun. You're laughing your head off and um, I miss some of that, but that's not where I am. And I have to be, I have to wear that mantle the Lord's given me and carry that where I am right now. Um, and he let me kind of have a moment of turning the page and being thankful for what was and then locking back in and being ready to go and all my reading and getting the coaching that I can get and everything else is what's the next 10 years for me as a dad? Well, the next 10 years for me as a dad, 10 years from now, my youngest is going to be 19 years old and out of the house. I've got 10 years. Mm-hmm. That's like 10 good years to really work hard to shape these into four adults, you know, and that's, it's a little, little nerve wracking, but that's where I am now. And I got to embrace that and rock and roll. I mean, that's such good advice. I never even yeah. thought about that. Mm-hmm. Like as your kids grow into teenagers, like you, you got to flip the page as a parent too, and, and realize your parenting has got to shift with them. And I mean, that's, yeah. that's great advice. That's it, man. I'm, I'm just learning. That's it. What, like, so I, we've talked about this before Mike and I have, and I feel like mercy like has this opinion too, that a lot of, or the main form of discipleship starts in the home. That's right. And then we get to partner with the church in doing that. What's that looked like for you with your kids? Cause like I can, you know, now with our small kids, like we can tell Bible stories and sing songs, do some scripture memory. Like there's some things there, um, like actual, like, practice of following Jesus, but like your kids like are to the age where they're making decisions and like they're deciding whether they're going to, they're going to walk with the Lord or not. Like what's that look like for you to lead them into that alongside of Jesus? Uh, Man, first of all, I'll tell you is I still value just like sitting down Bible open being with, don't ever think that you outgrow that. Like I would, you do not outgrow sitting down with the Bible open with your children. Lord willing, when I'm 70, we can still do that. I think that is like a, that we might no longer read the big picture storybook Bible. You know what I mean? Just have the Bible in front of us. But the last thing I want is for them to think that that was something that was like a childhood thing that they outgrew or I outgrew. I think that's actually the reason why. Not the reason why, but a million high school students right now per year are leaving the faith when they graduate high school. And I think a big part of this is they haven't been discipled into adulthood by parents who had them in the church. But it's like the parents didn't know what to do when they got past the little, the just the kind of more hokey kids activity kind of discipleship. Um that was fun and upbeat music and everything, whatever, and got into the real stuff. They didn't keep those disciplines of sitting with the Bible open with their kids. I struggle with it more now than I did. I've realized, oh my goodness, it used to be easier. It used to, I could just sit down with them in my lap again. Can't do that now. You know what I mean? Like that's just not how we're going to do it. But man, I kneel with my boys every night um, before they go to bed. And that's an important discipline. Like, we could just skip it. There's so many times where I want to. So I just go to bed. And I don't bat a thousand on this. 
But man, there's I can't tell you how many nights I've been sitting on my couch. Sons have gone up to bed. And even now to the point where I'm like, I'm going to bed and they're still on the couch sometimes. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> um, their bedtime is like basically the same as mine. But but I've had to go, okay, Lord, give me the strength to get my rear end off the couch and up those stairs because maybe the most important thing that I'm doing in parenting today is kneeling on the floor and praying with those two mm-hmm. boys before they go to bed and just reinforcing that discipline. This is not something that we just did when they were kids. You can still do it. Um, you can still have a devotional at the dinner table. You can still have got like, I would just encourage you not to think that you can, that you're going to outgrow the simple disciplines of the faith with your children. You might outgrow the type of resource you use, but the Bible itself, nah, you can keep that open all the way until you're doing it. Lord willing, the Lord will let you do it with you and your kids and your grandkids too. Hmm. That's cool. Yeah. I think like sometimes like, especially like we're talking to all these different dads that like have different practices, what that may look like, but just like the simplicity of let's go see what the Lord has for us today. And just work like, and that practice of their, your kids, like seeing you do it, you do it with them. Yeah. We, I mean, we talked about, the saying far more is caught than taught. Yeah. You know, if they see you doing right. it, they're more than likely going to continue to do that right. as well. So, And man, are they watching? What I've noticed is I knew they were watching as little ones because yeah. they, they just do the thing. They're like, where'd you learn that? Oh, I know exactly where you're, you know, but I've found them really watching is again, mine are still 14, 30. They're still not in that late high school years, but man, are they watching what we're doing and looking to repeat it. So I'm just trying to still be consistent. You know, the I both the trip I took both my boys on, we taught them, or I taught them the fourfold definition of manhood that I got from Robert Lewis that changed my life and reject passivity, accept responsibility, lead courageously and invest eternally. And man, they hear that nonstop from me. And then <laughs> I know, I know. But man, I tell you what, the enemy, the way sin comes out in you, the sin of your flesh in us men is passivity. It's one of the big ones. And I see it in my teenage boys that want to, they want to pass off responsibility and they do not want to step up. But the shaping of that little by little in the little moments, like, Hey man, just pick up your plate and put it in the trash instead of walking off. Well, and then to start to give an excuse. I'm like, we're in a nothing moment right now in terms of consequence. <laughs> like this is what are but that little moment right there of me connecting that to, hey, man, you need to accept responsibility. Ah, no, 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 don't give me that. Accept responsibility right now. Man, I just am going to trust the Lord that that consistent picture of the image of God and tying it to Jesus, of course, not just making it legalism, tying it to who they are. I'm trusting the Lord that's going to pay off in the long run. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's cool. Um. I I know like in our church specifically, there's a lot of guys around our age mm-hmm. that have young families um, and you interact with a lot of us. What is there anything that you see families struggling with or like advice that you would give to guys, guys and girls raising young kids um, and trying to do this well, trying to be intentional parents? Man, at the age where you're right, we see a lot of uh, so many of our dads are 
they're in some kind of career phase, but they're probably not like in charge in their career. So they're in some kind of middle management, early management situation. They got young kids. They kind of, your margin is really thin just in terms of what you have time to do in your life for a lot of them, not everybody. But man, I would just sing. I'll just encourage you first that it's okay if you feel a little bit tired and like zapped and I'm not exactly sure what I'm doing. Hmm. Just know that you're not alone. Number one, like other guys have been there. Other guys are there. Uh, number two, you probably aren't going to have a lot of time in the foreseeable future to have a lot of hobbies that you might see whether you're looking on Instagram or social media of some kind say, Oh man, look, I wish I had all this free time to do all these things. The work that you are doing that nobody is applauding you for and is exhausting of being in your home every night from whatever. Again, I'm saying every night, every guy's schedule might be a little bit different, but regularly. So I'll just give me the regular the work that you're doing, being with your family, partnering with your wife to raise these kids, we all, at least my experience was 5 p.m. to about 8 p.m. is like the sprint to the finish line where everybody's, nobody is at their best. And I'm always praying, every drive home, I'm praying, Lord, give me the strength for that window right there to serve my family well. I would just encourage guys, that work that you're doing, being a dad in your home, man, that is the most worthy, God-honoring thing you might ever do in your life. It really, it might be the most impactful thing you do in your whole life. And nobody's applauding it. Nobody's giving you attaboys. Your wife's not over here listing out. I mean, she might be <laughs> awesome, but she's tired and she doesn't know what she's doing. And, and you should only really need affirmation from Christ. But we're all human and we all want somebody to be like, hey, man, I see you doing that over there. You may not get a lot of that, but I'm telling you, committing yourself to that simple work of being present, looking for what God is doing, trying the devotional life with your family, even when it's a hot mess and thinking, what? why am I even spending my time trying to open up the Bible? People are running everywhere. Food is flying everywhere. And this seems like a, there's no way the Holy Spirit is anywhere close to where we are right now. This must be the devil. Like, no, no. <laughs> the Lord is actually forming your family, forming you, and forming your kids. And it's just the like um, a rock thrown into the water, man. That rock stays there long enough. It will smooth out all of its edges and turn into this beautiful stone. But it's just going to take a lot of time in that river for that to happen. And your children are going to. Man, they're going to be shaped by this work. Just do not give up because it's hard. That's fine, but don't give up because it's hard. Uh, the number of times I've said no to playing golf or uh, going and going shooting, going to play basketball, going to do a lot of things that I love. Uh, meetings. Like you're not going to – it's very rare. <laughs> the day we're recording this is a rare day where – I'm actually having a meeting at night. Usually if it's 5 p.m. to 8 p.m., nope, not going to happen. I have a meeting uh, tomorrow. It's at 8 p.m. So I'm like, I can do a meeting at 8 p.m. 
but no earlier hmm. than that. Because that window, five to eight, that's my one of my callings in life. And ain't nobody <laughs> applauding it, but it's what God has for me right now. And one day, uh, 10 years from now, I'm going to look at my wife and be like, we made it, Lord willing. You know, like, <laughs> that's not a guarantee, but Lord willing. And it makes sense why I see there's like this small contingent of people that are empty nesters that are at our church. I'm like, why are y'all so happy all the time? Like, oh, it's because you made it. You made it. I'm playing basketball now. <laughs> you could go play basketball at like 5.30. You could go to the gym, you know, whatever. It's like, no, if I want to go to the gym, it's 5.30 a.m., right? Because I got to be with my kids. And that is a gift. I get to be with my kids, not I got to be with my kids. Yes. So, yeah. I think people aren't, I mean, really a lot of men struggle with that because we want to work hard at work and make money and provide for our families. And oftentimes we take that call, you know, within that time frame of five mm-hmm. to eight or whatever, because we need to get the sale or whatever. And it's, it's, man, it's a struggle. Yep. It's a struggle. It's a huge struggle. My encouragement to you, uh, to any dad listening to this is first of all, tons of grace in all things. So you mess up. Don't let that, don't let the enemy create guilt in you. Repent, go to the Father, you will find grace, and that's going to help you as a dad. Um, but secondly, be unified in, with your wife on what your work rhythms and everything are, and don't guilt her in that. Like, hey, you know, I really need to do this, but I won't if you don't want me to, but none of that garbage. No, no. Like, genuinely be unified with her laying out what it is that you need to do. But again, in my schedule... Um, and something that I was really challenged early on is I made work, uh, work had a dimmer switch, Mm. you know? So five to eight was like, I'll just kind of dim down work a little bit, but I'll still be thinking about it. Still have my phone, still have access to it. And a guy in my life, which by the way, whole nother segment here, but get you some community that's genuine. that'll punch you in the face when they need to. (laughs) A guy punched me in the face. He's like, you need an on off switch, man. None of this dimmer switch. And for me, that meant my phone's got a place. My like, you cannot get in touch with me. And that is a, <laughs> up until our generation. That is how the world worked. Unless you came and knocked on my door or called my landline and heard that ring or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. You like couldn't get up with me. There was no text. You know, none of that stuff. We have to be a lot more um, intentional. Such a common word in our uh, maybe Christian world, but it's a good word for, we're going to have to think through how can I, it's not just detach from work. It's so that I can attach mm. to my family. And if I don't detach from one, I can't attach and I cannot do both. Yeah. Maybe Courtney, my wife, she might be a little bit better at multitasking. I'm terrible at it. And my family, they have the green light to call me on it. And so I still don't buy a thousand cool. and they, <laughs> my sons will get me, man. And it's, and I totally earn it. I got to apologize. Uh, actually sons and all of them now, they'll get me when they're like, dad, you trying to do work? <laughs> <laughs> You're right. My bad. And back away it goes. Cause again, I don't know. So, but I just, yeah, I would encourage guys that to that discipline. It's a worthy discipline. That's awesome. Um, we really appreciate you. It's been times probably running up here. Um, before we finish, though, we need to ask you, when we did the mic check, you shared your favorite food, <laughs> and it was amazing. So real quick, Spence, what is your favorite food? My favorite food is a two-inch thick ribeye 
medium rare, reverse seared Pittsburgh style with hardcore carnivore black seasoning. Um, I prefer clarified butter on the side <laughs> and blue cheese crumbles, but don't put that blue cheese on it while you're cooking it because mm-hmm. that's going to create a hot mess. Got to keep that over on the side as well. But if you do that right there, you are going to be feeling real nice. I love it. That's the best answer we've ever That's the best answer by far. Pretty much every mic check I ask the favorite food. This knows what he wants. Freaking awesome. exactly what I want. You guys come over to my house and I will make sure that is what we want. We'll bring Deal. the two and revise. <laughs> um, cool, man. I We really appreciate you. Um, I know you're busy and it's been awesome to see, to sit here and glean some wisdom from you. I know that it's we, we love like looking ahead to what will be with our kids and hearing where you're at in the stage of life is, is really cool. So we appreciate your time. Yeah, appreciate you, Spence. Yeah, thank awesome. you, guys. Yeah, it's great. No problem. Awesome.